Welcome back to the Movie Bubble Podcast. This week, you've got myself, Colin, and I'm joined by Nick and Brennan as we talk about the opening weekend for Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, Dora and the Lost City of Gold, The Art of Racing in the Rain, The Kitchen, Brian Banks, and The Peanut Butter Falcon. And, as always, you can check us out online at moviebabblereviews.com. So this week's top five starts with Hobbs and Sean, the number one spot at 25.4 million, followed by Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, opening up at 20.8 million. The Lion King is in the number three spot at 20 million, followed by Dora and the Lost City of Gold, opening up at 17 million. And the top five is rounded out by Once Upon a Time in Hollywood at 11.6 million. So Hobbs and Shaw won the weekend again, um, which wasn't just a huge surprise, especially because, you know, you have five new movies that are opening wide, um, six or seven, depending on on where you're at um, in the U.S. And so it had a lot of competition, uh, all these movies competing against themselves. But Hobbs and Shaw is, you know, 25.4, pretty solid for its second weekend, did have a a decently sized drop with uh, 57.7%. But it's still making good money, and this is really going to be an overseas movie. So while the domestic total matters, it, it doesn't matter as much as it really will once it opens in China and, and really really takes Asia. Yeah, it's it definitely had some work to do left. Um, but I think you're right there. It's already sitting at 330 million worldwide, which is a really decent number in front of that China release. So. You have to expect this movie needs to get around, I don't know, maybe 500 million probably to get to break even, uh, which I think is definitely possible uh, with that China release coming. So, yeah, I think it's it's tough because, yeah, you see that kind of big drop off here in the States. You're like, ooh, what is what's the deal here? But I yeah, this is Fast and Furious has been more and more an overseas play Uh, every movie decreases in domestic gross and rises in international gross. So this is just kind of par for the course. And yeah, I I assume in the coming weeks that we should see that Hobbs and Shaw is doing just fine. Yeah, I know for sure. I think this is a film that uh, I'm actually kind of surprised by how it's performing here domestically. I thought it would be a bigger hit. Um, But I think that uh, for a first spinoff movie uh, in the Fast and Furious franchise, it doesn't seem to be kind of doing overwhelming numbers uh it's probably going to be significantly lower domestically as you guys said than some of the other fast and furious movies but yeah once it once this thing opens up in china it, it's gonna it's gonna blow up it's gonna make its money and it should definitely be okay yeah i mean the fast and furious franchise has really been an overseas franchise ever since they did the half reboot with uh fast five uh, really ever since the rock's been on board um but it you know, it also doesn't really have much competition coming up. You know, it's got until the first weekend in September before It Chapter 2 comes out. We don't really have any major blockbusters or major action movies on this level, unless you want to count Angel Has Fallen, which I, I don't think that's going to be much in the way of competition. <laughs> but yeah, Hobbs and Shaw has a pretty easy path ahead of it for the next month or so. Yeah, I would agree. It's... It's just plugging along. I think that's all you can really ask for for these August movies because everyone's getting back into school. So, 
it's a matter of uh, there's not really great competition out there, as you mentioned. So it's it's kind of it's always a weird time, August. So um, yeah, as long as you can just keep kind of plugging along, and they're they're doing decent already. So that's you really can't ask for much more at this point. Yeah, I don't think anybody is going to be really disappointed with it. It's been a, a decent crowd pleaser so far. So Hobbs and Shaw will be around for a while. Um, so we will sure. move on to Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, which again opened at $20.8 million domestic. And, you know, the uh, reactions to this have been pretty varied. Uh, last I checked, it had, I believe, a C for its cinema score, which normally is pretty bad news. Um, I, I think this movie really has a lot of issues in who it's trying to target. I, it's a, it pushes PG 13 pretty hard for a horror movie targeted at children, but it's also not nearly mature enough to, to really go for rated R. And like this, this is just a really weird Frankenstein of a movie. <laughs> That's interesting. Well, it, it is doing pretty solid business to start. I'm um, at, exceeded expectations with that almost $21 million number. So you can't really complain. Uh, I'm seeing maybe 25 to 28 million ish for its production budget. So off to a really good start there. And I think, but I do think that C cinema score will come in for future weeks. Um, typically horror movies drop pretty significantly just in general, because horror movies are, t- are tough to, for repeat business. Most people, even big horror movie fans just kind of see it once and that's it. So and then if the movie's not great, then it really drops hard. So uh, we could be looking at maybe like a 60-plus percent drop uh, next week, uh, which isn't great for this movie's legs. But it hit big, so you can't complain too much, and this will probably make a decent amount of money for Lionsgate. No, oh, yeah, for sure. I think that uh, we'll definitely see the drop-off here in North America. Uh, the question is probably going to be how this thing plays overseas. Um, it hasn't really... The, and not a lot of returns have come back from the overseas markets yet, and this movie is yet to hit some of the bigger overseas markets. Uh, I think that it could make a decent, not a huge chunk in Europe, but I think that it will probably do a little bit of business over there. Um, but for the most part, this film hasn't really rolled in all the cash overseas, so we don't really know yet how it's going to perform overall. But a $20 million opening weekend here domestically is a pretty positive number for this film. Didn't cost a ton to make, uh, so I think they're off to a decent start. But yeah, for sure, the next few weeks are going to be really telling for this film. Yeah, and, you know, it, it is going to have competition. And granted, you know, horror movies do drop off pretty pretty quickly, so it won't be as much of an issue when we get to September. But it does have It Chapter 2 coming around the corner. And, you know, I mean, the first It was just this monster success that has kind of spawned just a, a new generation of these horror reboots. Um, but it, it does have really big competition coming around, so I, I don't think this one's going to hang on <laughs> until Halloween. Um, but for now, it's it's making decent money. Um, you know, the, again, the reactions haven't been just terrific to it, but it's it's made a pretty solid opening weekend, nonetheless. Yeah, and I, I'm I'm curious as well. Um, did either of you guys read these books? Because I know they're really popular. They're they're kind of like the the older goosebumps it seems like <laughs> when you age out of um, goosebumps you start reading scary stories you know what i don't i, I know there's back i think in 
fourth or fifth grade, I had a teacher that used to read it to us uh, every so often throughout the school year. But I, I don't have a fond memory of the content, but I do remember that. It's, it is interesting, though, because it's, it's one of those things where and this movie wasn't heavily marketed. Uh, Lionsgate doesn't really have the means to do a lot of crazy marketing schemes or things like that. So it is interesting that it, it exceeded expectations um, without really that big push. So I kind of just I guess that points to its IP and I think people really do like these these books. So I think that's that was something to look out for here. Um, probably prognosticators will overlook that a little bit. Yeah, in kind of like Brennan, I I know I read it or at least part of it at some point, but I couldn't really have told you any of the scary stories until I saw the movie this weekend. Uh, so as far as the actual IP, it never really had a huge impact on me. Uh, but I I did enjoy the horror elements of this movie. I think they did a really good job of pushing PG-13 with, with everything they did. And, I mean, you kind of get the the grossest one in the trailer uh, with the spider coming out of the girl's face. But I, I think as far as, like, the horror side of things, they did really well. I think this movie just gets really bogged down in just how thin its characters are. <laughs> and just everyone's a stereotype from the 1950s, except for the fact that it takes place in 1968. Uh, so it's, it's just it's just a scattered booby like it, it does some things really well and it does some things uh far less than really well i feel like the modern way to make a horror movie is just set it in the 1960s and 70s because it gets rid of <laughs> it gets it gets rid of all the ideas of where are people's phones at why can't they call someone or um, just like there's always like just like kids walking around, they had more freedom to do things. I feel like that's just always the move now because you see that every Conjuring movie is in some neighborhood in the 1960s. Uh, it's just I just it feels a little tired at this point. Let's let's do better. Let's do better horror movies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I you know you can definitely see like the influence of it, you know, coming out two years after it was just this huge success and stranger things and oh it's gonna everything's gotta be about kids but then it's kind of follows like the same uh horror uh background for the villain they're like ah oh, well it turns out they were abused as a child like they weren't the monster the whole time it was the family or the parents or whoever you want to replace for the movie and it just really follows that formula to a t yeah that's I, I've had enough. <laughs> I'm sorry. I haven't even seen the movie, and it just kind of makes me tired. Um, yeah, just a. I mean, we're at we're at that time where people are starting to get a little into spooky stuff. Halloween's gonna be here before we know it, and people just kind of want to see horror horror movies. So I guess that's kind of where we're going with this one. People just like horror, and it's kind of fun when they're like decently put together in some instances. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, <laughs> so we'll move on to the Lion King which is in the number three spot, uh, still making ridiculous sums of money. <laughs> it's at $1.33 billion worldwide. I believe it's past Captain Marvel. Um, if it's not, it's really close. Uh, but it's just making ridiculous sums of money. <laughs> yep, uh, this is a film that is just just continuing to just just run the box office i mean 1.3 billion dollars worldwide 473 million domestically it's going to be a 500 million dollar movie here in north america um 600 million i think is probably out of out of the question for this film i don't think it'll get to 600 at all but 500 million is going to be 
uh, a mark that this film passes. And, and we saw the resilience of this movie. I mean, you look even ignored just this past weekend. You look last week. I mean, we had Hobbs and Shaw last weekend. Monday rolls around, Hobbs and Shaw is first. Tuesday, Hobbs and Shaw is first. Uh, Wednesday, I believe Hobbs and Shaw was first. But then come Thursday, Lion King got back to that number one spot. So the Lion King's re- resilience at the box office is really being put on display. And I'm not, I, I shouldn't say I'm surprised, but I am. I am a little bit surprised because this movie, it's just, I didn't think it would be just this big. I mean, I know this is a massive, massive uh, IP for, for Disney, but uh, this is just, it's just, Doing insane numbers, and 1.4 billion worldwide is probably uh, going to be where it passes. 1.5 might be a little bit tough, but this movie's just continuing to to uh, roll over everything else. Yeah, it's it, the the legs in this movie are crazy, which is interesting because I I haven't really heard anyone love this movie unabashedly. Uh, still, we're in like week four, and everyone just kind of watched, came out of it saying, "Yeah, it was fine." Or if you're if you're me, uh, didn't like it at all. Uh, so it is crazy. It is crazy to see how well this movie is done, and it's you know it puts Endgame in better perspective because even at its mark of over 1.3 billion, it still hasn't made half of what Endgame made. Mm-hmm. So that is that is crazy to me. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. That's just so insane. It's ridiculous money. <laughs> yep, Disney's um, uh, Disney's rich, man. <laughs> News flash. <laughs> so uh, yeah. yeah, I think we've week four. We've talked about Lion King enough at this point. Uh, so we'll move yeah, on. I'm done. <laughs> to the number four spot, which was Dora and the Lost City of Gold, uh, came in with 17 million. Uh, this is a movie that nobody really accurately knew where it was going to land. Um, you know, Dora is a pretty recognizable character, but it seems like this movie was targeted more at the people that grew up with Dora than it was people that are, you know, actually watching Dora right now. Uh, but it is actually pretty good. Um, out of the, out of the two new releases I saw this weekend, this is definitely the better one. Um, it, it definitely rips off Indiana Jones quite a bit, but it manages to just be this really goofy, wacky adventure through South America. Yeah, you know what? I was surprised as well with this film, $17 million. I didn't know where to put this movie as well in terms of performance first weekend. I mean, you got a $50 million budget, Paramount. I don't know how they're feeling about this thing at this point. Um, we'll see how it does overseas as well. Uh, this could turn into a decent decent hit for them. I mean, I, I have no idea what the legs are going to be on a movie like this, but I think this is the type of movie that you have questions about, um, about its performance at the box office. Um, but I think it's also the type of movie that you probably would expect it'll make a little bit of money just out of pure curiosity of what this is and what this is going to be. I think another one later in the year that's going to be like that is Cats. <laughs> I think that's a movie with a trailer that <laughs> oh, people, are, people are shocked by the trailer. People are shocked by the trailer, but there's going to be morbid curiosity just to see what this is, and it, and it makes money off that. And I think Dora had the potential to be kind of that, and we're seeing that it's, it's doing all right. And when, the, when it's certified fresh now on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, decent uh scores there um so critics are praising this film a little bit and it might have legs for sure yeah i think the thing to note here is that it's it's slowly gonna expand overseas uh its last uh market it's gonna open in is in brazil in november um so we have quite some time before it's fully released out um i think this definitely is an international play of sorts um one of the one of the lead characters in the movie, uh, Eugenio Debrez, is really big in Latin America. 
Um, we've actually seen him in a few movies over the uh, over the last few years, like last year's Overboard and How to Be a Latin Lover and other movies like that, which actually performed really well in Latin America because he's just a really big comedic force down there. Um, so that's definitely something to look out for there. And yeah, that's a $49 million budget. Seems a little high for this movie. Um, I think all of Paramount's budgets kind of skew a little high there. So curious if they front end a lot of contracts and things like that or it is kind of weird, but yes, yeah, you can't complain too hard. A cinema score, people seem to like it, just like you, Colin. So, hey, good good job, Dora. I would say uh, that just kind of running off what you said there, I think that you're right. This is definitely more of an international play. I mean, if it if it's able to make back um, the forty nine million dollars of its budget in domestically alone, then it, it'll just it'll just gross its uh profits from its overseas earnings i think that's probably what they're hoping for and i could definitely see this being a decent hit overseas yeah, I totally yeah and i think what this movie is going to have going for it as far as central and south america is it's really vaguely south american in the movie so uh like it, it's it's more easy to identify with because it doesn't you know attach itself to a specific country and even like uh a decent chunk of the movie takes place in and around LA, but they never actually call it Los Angeles. It's just the city and you see a star like vaguely covering Los Angeles on the map. <laughs> so it just like really vaguely attaches itself to South America and, uh, you know, Hispanic culture. And I think that was kind of a smart move not to really firmly plant their flag with any country, but be like, yeah, we we're this movie represents everybody down here. And so, yeah, that is Dora. <laughs> so we'll move on to the number five movie this weekend, which was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which had an $11.6 million haul and is still making pretty decent money. You know, this has uh, been a really solid performer for Tarantino. It's already at $108 million worldwide. And, you know, most of that is domestic, but it's it's making making good money so far. Uh, yeah, this film is it's doing well here, but I think the thing to point out is it it's going to be expanding over the next uh, little bit. Um, this is a movie that, while it has a hundred million dollars currently, that or a hundred million dollars domestically currently now, it just has a hundred and eight million worldwide. So you're you're seeing that it hasn't really expanded. Within the next week to two, we're going to see it open up in all all across Europe. We're going to see it open up in Asia. We're going to see it open up pretty much just everywhere worldwide over the next one to two weeks uh, and throughout the rest of August. So, I mean, it's it's done well here domestically. It'll continue to do pretty well, um, but you're going to see it start to really take off in terms of worldwide gross uh, later this month. Yeah, really good to see a, a Tarantino movie out here again doing really good business. Over $100 billion here in the U.S., as you said. I think this... This could start financially. I mean, we still have a lot left to go, and we'll see how it does overseas. But I think it really does uh, really plant its flag as one of the first major Best Picture uh, uh, possibilities for nomination. I think maybe this one and maybe The Farewell are, like, really the two movies from th this part of the year so far, from the first eight months, that really have a solid chance, I think, of... Uh, getting a best picture nomination. Um, so it is really cool to see this because uh, it's fun that it's fun that a nearly three hour talky drama is doing is performing really well. Um, so yeah, good job. <laughs> good job. Once upon a time in Hollywood. I think uh, kind of one of the things to also point out is 
um, early on in Tarantino's career, I mean, he had big hits. Pulp Fiction uh, did really well at the box office. Both uh, uh, The Kill Bill Volume 1 and Volume 2, both their releases were pretty well uh, received and, and grossed a lot of money domestically. But he didn't really start kind of taking off worldwide until um, until kind of he got bigger uh, and just insanely bigger with Inglorious Bastards and Django. Those are two movies that made uh, great sums of money in Glorious Bastards at $320 million worldwide, Django at $425 million worldwide. Then you look at the overseas and domestic splits. Um, Inglorious and Django, uh, 62% overseas and 61% overseas. And even The Hateful Eight, 65% of its total gross was overseas. So if Once Upon a Time in Hollywood follows that by the time it comes out kind of worldwide, you're going to be looking at another $300 million Tarantino movie. I am curious, though, because since this is a movie about Hollywood, I wonder how well that will translate uh, for everyone around the world. I'm, do Are people going to be as interested in it as we are? Um, I don't really know. So I feel like as far as I feel like Django and maybe um, Glorious Bastards, I think we're, I think, probably more universal stories. I think this is so insular Hollywood that I think it is – I am curious to see if maybe there's a huge drop-off in numbers overseas where people see it because it's Tarantino and he's a big name and then mm. business kind of just goes from there. Um, I don't know. I think it, it is definitely worth uh, looking at in future weeks because I think Sony has put so much money into this that they need a lot more to make this super profitable. So it's definitely something to look at. I feel like uh, I feel like people overseas are going to eat this thing up personally. I think that movie stars are even bigger overseas than they are here um kind of in their own respective markets i think brad pitt and leo are world-renowned kind of movie stars and i I just feel like this movie is gonna despite yeah being very hollywood centric um i I do think it's going to perform super well overseas but i am definitely interested to see kind of how that plays out over the next few weeks yeah it's it's definitely something to keep an eye on especially as we get uh further down the road in this year and, and a lot closer to award season, I, I think it'll be a consistent performer for the next few months. You know, e- even if it's not, you know, in, in theaters uh, widely every week, I think we'll see it return a time or two and, and just continue to perform when it does. And so that kind of wraps up the top five for this weekend, but it was an extremely cramped weekend as far as opening releases. So we actually have three other wide releases and another uh, limited release that opened up this weekend. So we'll touch on those a little bit. So the first one is our third dog movie of the year. That Mm -hmm. is the art of racing in the rain. Uh, this is the one where the dog drives the car, or at least uh, pretends he drives <laughs> the car. So if you see, you've probably seen the trailers for that. Uh, but it made eight million. Um, you know, it's not going to be a blockbuster hit um, with everything else opening up this weekend. Uh, it was really interesting just trying to figure out where this one would land. And you know, eight million domestic isn't terrible. Um, I'm not sure exactly what the production budget on this was. But it it could be doing better, could be doing worse. Yeah, so I'm seeing a budget of eighteen to twenty million. Um, so an eight million dollar start probably isn't great. Uh, yeah, it's just I feel like we've just been oversaturated with dog movies recently, <laughs> uh, as you mentioned. Too many uh, dogs' purposes and journeys and finding their finding their ways home 
all the time. And now Kevin Costner is voicing one, and it's just so yeah. bizarre. <laughs> um, yeah, this yeah, it's this movie just felt tired before it came out, and um, every time I saw this trailer in theaters with people, people just started laughing at it because they're like, "What is this? This is so bizarre." <laughs> uh, we have the dude from This Is Us and Amanda Seyfried and Kevin Costner just chilling together. Uh, feels like it's trying to be Marley and me. Uh, I don't really know, but uh, yeah. Very odd movie. Uh, I don't really, and that low number doesn't really surprise me at all. I'm interested to see how this thing kind of performs overseas because we were talking about uh, some of the other dog movies. Um, the first one that really took off a few years ago, um, A Dog's Journey, was it? I don't know. They all run together for me. <laughs> okay. I, I think that was the first one that really uh, uh, kind of blew up. And we were pointing out, I remember several weeks ago that it did really, really well in China. Um, so I wonder if this movie can do that, but I, I feel like this movie might be okay, depending on how well it does overseas, just because um, I, I didn't really see this movie get marketed all that much. I think it was marketed less than the other two dog movies this year. Um, I may be wrong. I mean, who knows? Uh, but I, I don't know. I feel like it, they might be okay, depending on the overseas numbers, but usually these dog movies don't have great legs at the theaters and August is always a busy month at the movies. You don't have blockbuster movies, uh, but you have constantly a ton of movies coming out that studios were kind of nervous to throw in July or June. So they kind of throw them in August and there are a ton of those. They don't always make a ton of money, but they always kind of make the theater um, super crowded and uh, they kind of make sure that movies get cycled through quick just because of there's, there's so many movies that are coming out in August um, so I don't know. I think this might not last domestically, but we'll, we'll have to look at its overseas tally to see how it really will play out. Yeah. And this is another Fox property that is now on Disney's plate. And, you know, they, they just, Disney announced that they were pretty much canning everything Fox had in production. It wasn't a major franchise. It wasn't Avatar or Planet of the Apes. And, uh, you know, with Dark Phoenix and and movies like this, the, they've kind of pinned their losses on that. And so I think this is another one that, you know, even if this was the best talking dog movie ever made, it's still <laughs> kind of lost in the shuffle of the <laughs> Disney Fox merger. Yeah. Disney, they had their earnings call uh, a week or two ago and they lost so much money <laughs> this past quarter because of Fox movies just tanking hard. Uh, yeah. You mentioned Dark Phoenix and, just a lot of others too. Uh, yeah, it's it's weird. It is one of those weird uh, kind of moments where both companies are kind of figuring out, or I guess one now they're trying to figure out what's working. And I mean, Disney is just kind of like, well, we inherited this mess, and let's see what happens. Um, so it is it's tough. Um, I hope we still get that King's Man movie, <laughs> the the Kingsman uh, prequel, which is kind of bizarre. Um, next, that's supposed to come out next year. Um, but yeah, it's it's a weird time. We could see a bunch of Fox movies just get pulled, or previously owned Fox movies just get pulled off of the slate left and right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Um, so in other news, we also had The Kitchen opened up this weekend. Uh, this was a movie that nobody really knew what to expect. I didn't see any reactions to it at all until pretty much the day it came out, which is almost always a bad sign. Uh, last I checked, it was sitting at a 17% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's just <laughs> been panned pretty much across the board. 
and which is is kind of sad because I really like Melissa McCarthy when she's allowed to do dramatic acting, which unfortunately her dramatic attempts have pretty much been flops. Um, <laughs> but it's just kind of depressing because I, I think there was a lot of neat ideas they kind of played with here, at least that you can see in the trailers and it's really not going to be anything that warrants any movies like it to be made. Yeah, it's a rough one. Um, like you, we, we've been kind of speculating about this movie for weeks. We didn't, we had no idea what to expect from it. And yeah, when, when things are, when screenings are the Thursday night for critics before the movie comes out, that's never a good sign ever. Um, so this, this is a tough one. Um, Andrea Burloff was the director of this movie who wrote and got an Oscar for straight of Compton or so. Yeah. Like there's a lot of great opportunities here. You're in a gangster movie, which are always fun. Three interesting leads. Uh, but it, it, it is tough. Uh, when there's six movies that get a release in a same week, uh, some of them are bound to just not make anything. And it was the kitchen this time around. Um, it's just, it's tough. Uh, you would have expected this movie to do a little more and be better. Um, but yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna fade. It's gonna probably gonna lose a ton of theaters next week. So really tough. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's, it's just not going to stick around. And we, we kind of talked about it last week with DC vertigo. They've just had a really, spotty history with how well their movies have performed and just how well they've been received and i think the kitchen just really came out of nowhere was a huge problem like i don't think i knew anything about this movie until maybe a month ago um and normally you know with with uh melissa mccarthy and tiffany haddish and even elizabeth moss you kind of expect more attention to have been drawn to this just in marketing and and trying to get things ready but yeah, it just came out of nowhere, and I think it'll fade out just as quickly. Yeah, I think it was one of those films that kind of feels like an August movie. Like, they they were a little bit nervous to throw it out in the earlier months, save it till August. Uh, and it, it was just an incredibly busy weekend. I don't remember a weekend kind of this crowded, just in terms of new releases, right? Dora, Scary Stories, Art of Racing in the Rain, uh, The Kitchen. We see some other movies kind of expanding. The Farewell is expanding a little bit, so... Um, I mean, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens with this movie as it progresses, but I don't see it having legs at all. No, I, th- I think this will be the first and only time we'll we'll talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so the other wide release, and then there's also another uh, limited release, but the other wide release is Brian Banks, which is the story about the... Uh, almost professional football player who was falsely accused of rape and his journey to uh, get those charges thrown out and it's not making money. Um, it, it pulled in a little bit over 2 million. And I think it's just cause this is a really bad time to be releasing this movie. You know, we're, we're still uh, seeing a lot of, you know, like a, the, the outcome of everything that happened with the me too era and or the me too movement. And, uh, Weinstein and you know all, all that and to have a movie that's coming out and, and bringing light to a false rape accusation false sexual assault accusation just doesn't really fit with what society is going through right now but yeah Brian Banks is it's it's a weird one right it doesn't really fit into yeah what you mentioned to me too before and but it has a lot less theaters and a lot of other movies that opened um, this week uh, so it's just 
It's a tough one, yeah. Like the kitchen, it's just a movie. These movie, a lot of these movies just can't find their audience because there's so many other movies out. So it is tough, and yeah, I can't imagine we're going to be talking about Brian Banks again this week. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. But uh, I think one thing I want to point out is the studio Bleecker Street. They've had some decent under the radar releases this year that uh, have performed all right. I mean, The Art of Self Defense, Arctic Hotel Mumbai. So um, I think they've had an interesting year with their releases and. Uh, Brian Banks is one that I, I don't know how how much attention it's going to get kind of as it progresses uh, in its release. But uh, yeah, it's kind of just one of those movies. I, I don't really know too much about it till till this weekend, uh, kind of like The Kitchen. So so it's kind of an interesting release there. Yeah, I, I, I don't think anybody will ever hear of this movie again after this week. <laughs> I think it's just kind of where it's at. <laughs> Um, but the uh, last limited release uh, this week was The Peanut Butter Falcon, which is a movie that supposedly changed Shia LaBeouf as a person. Uh, but it's about a, a boy with Down syndrome who wants to become a wrestler. And so he teams up with Shia LaBeouf, who plays an outlaw. Um, so I'm really excited to see it. Um, I've heard just great things about it so far. And so I, I think this will definitely be one to watch as we get into award season as well. Yeah, I'm really excited for this movie. Uh, I didn't really know too much about it until kind of this past uh, week leading up to its uh, release. And it's only in 17 theaters this weekend. It made $205,000. I mean, you look at kind of uh, it actually won the week in uh, average per per screen, uh, which was 12000 So, I mean, it did it did well in that respect. And we'll see how much it expands. But this is a movie that I've been kind of getting more and more excited for the more and more I hear about it. So I'm really looking forward to seeing it uh, when it, when it kind of expands. Yeah. It's another cool um, indie project for Shia LaBeouf um, that he's been, he's been involved in a lot of these over the years uh, since Transformers and his um, tough uh, public falling out. But American Honey was a good one from a few years ago. Um, He keeps, he, he just gets involved in really interesting stuff. We have Honey Boy coming out later this year. So um, good for him, and this looks like a really touching movie that I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing it too, and I hope it expands um, really wide in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. So uh, that pretty much wraps up everything that's going on with the box office this week. We are entering the uh, pretty dead zone. Uh, as far as movie releases and you know we'll pick back up a little bit in september and october but it's it's kind of a low period for right now Uh, but we will be back next week talking about more movies probably not talking about brian banks so (laughs) (laughs) thanks for listening to this week's episode of the movie bubble podcast again you can check us out online at moviebubblereviews.com and join us next week as we talk about the opening weekend for good boys and the angry birds 2 